Good morning. Welcome to the Cone Zone. That's Lowell Cone. I'm Grant Cone. Two cones, one zone. How you doing, Dad? <laughs> I'm doing. I'm batting a thousand, Iggy. Batting a thousand. You can't get any better than that. I haven't seen you in a while. I've been gone. I'm back. Now we're doing the show, and I'm excited. And there hasn't been much to talk about, but Debo Samuel decided to give us something to talk about. He went on a radio station. He did an interview he didn't have to do. He got flustered at questions he knew were, knew was coming, and he hung up. You watched the video. What'd you think? Um, okay. Um, I think it was a disgrace. I think the way Debo Samuel handled himself was disgraceful. And I, I'd like to talk about it a little bit, uh, if you don't mind. Yeah, I'd like to talk about he, it too. Okay. Iggy just sent it over to me. And, and when I say I watched it, I listened to the audio. It was about seven minutes. Uh, Debo had something to, he was promoting something, a charity or something like that, which is fine. Great. Mm -hmm. So he was there to promote that. And Zach Gelb, the interviewer, got it right away at the top. He gave him what he needed. Mm -hmm. So after that, let's say a minute in, Debo didn't need him anymore. Right. Because he had already gotten his promotion. Right. So every question that Zach asked, and they were the obvious questions about Brock Purdy, about Trey Lance. We'll get to the big question in a minute. But he had nothing to say. Right. Uh, I leave that to uh, Kyle Shanahan. What's more, he was back. There was background noise. Maybe he he. You heard it, right? There were yeah. other people in the room. So he didn't give this interviewer the courtesy of, of a quiet room. No. It sounded like children playing or something like that. In other words, he didn't give a shit. Uh, he didn't give a shit. No, um, he did give a shit enough to promote his own thing. That's how these interviews work. Sometimes I'm sure he got an email from the promoter saying, hey, Debo's doing something and he would like to do an interview about it. Would you like to interview him about the specific thing? And the, you say, yes, if I can ask him some questions about football afterward. That's how it works. I did this with Joe right. Montana a couple of years ago. Yeah. And what's more, this guy, Gelb, was not the only one. He might have been doing five or ten with very various outlets. So yeah. finally, and what's more. He didn't give Gelb anything. He was lazy. He, right. he was not only inarticulate, and it was not only background noise, but he was lazy. He would he, he gave sort of Kaepernick answers. One That's how Debo is with the media. Yes, yes. I, I, I see. If I were there, I would be very angry if I if I were covering him, and I'd make him very uncomfortable, Iggy. To act, they don't they act, don't really present him to the media very much because he acts like that. So when it's time for people to talk on the on the offense, it's Brandon Ayuk. It's George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Trent Williams. Have you ever heard Trent Williams talk to the media, Dad? He he's talks to us like we're the feds. He comes in. He's like, hey, how you doing? Great to see you. How you doing? It is good to see you. He knows our names. It's like <laughs> so on top of everything. Does he like us? I don't know. But he wants to be in the Hall of Fame. He knows he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Only thing that could keep them out, he, him out is if the media decided they didn't like him. So we all love him because he wants us to. Like, Debo, you can't figure that out. That's your best friend on the team, man. Listen to him and how he talks to the media. Trent. Well, I, I heard. Uh, okay, but I'm, uh, let's get back to Debo. Then finally, what happened was this poor guy, because I've been in that situation as an interviewer. You got a, you got a dead dog on the other side who's not giving you anything. And this Gail had to work so hard. It's live. And, it's live. And it's live. And, and Debo wasn't giving any. Say a good answer. Let's move on, you know. Finally, he asks him, 
about his quote after they got beat by Philly that if Brock had played, they would have won. And in a way, it wasn't fair. Was it something like that, Iggy? Mm-hmm. And so Debo hung up on him. Hung <laughs> up. Yeah. I mean, he couldn't even – be, he couldn't even answer the question. He should have known. He should have thought about it in the last several months. He should have been prepared. And the question was not hostile. It gave him a chance to express his point of view. But he was too intellectually lazy and too condescending to express or even think about a point of view. So we hung up like a baby, like a baby, because uh, he couldn't handle it. So what I would say what he did was very bad. And I come back. Is that how you want to represent the San Francisco 49ers? These are the goddamn 49ers. And you have one of the best players can't answer a question like that and hangs up the phone. I want to vomit. Yeah, like who do you think you are that you're not going to get that question asked? Like you've had one great year in the NFL. What questions are they going to ask you, man? This is a national interview. People don't know you that well. You play on the West Coast. You've had one great year. You haven't won anything. They're going to ask you about this. You said this. You opened your mouth last year. You and a bunch of your teammates, a lot of people said that's a mistake because it's going to follow you around the rest of your life unless you win a Super Bowl. It's been six months. It doesn't go away. You said this. Now stand on it. If he asked you about it, don't say, I don't want to talk about that anymore. No, 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 no. You opened your mouth. You said it. Stand on it. Don't back away six months later. You can't do that. We don't, it makes him, makes him seem like a coward, Iggy. And it makes him move. seem weak and then what weak. happened he he hung up and you know the pr That's people i don't move. so she says i don't know who it is she says okay we're good to go and and this guy zach gelb the interviewer says good to go i already have him so yeah. she's lying she's right. in other words he went not we're it's good over. to go good to go it's would over. mean we're starting it's she should have said we're good he went and yeah. Zach Gelb was disgusted by how she tried to spin it. Now, I don't know this lady. She may be very nice. But the whole thing that the 49ers presented was not what the 49ers are. It's some schlock team, not this organization. The New York Yankees don't operate like that. I bet the Dodgers don't operate like that. The Giants don't operate. San Francisco The 49ers Giants. don't operate like that. Debo operates like that. And it's, it's how he operated last year. He had the great year in 2021. He was selfless. They, he changed positions. He put the team on his back. He carried them. And then in the offseason, he acted like he was really special. He requested a trade when he didn't get what he wanted right away. He came into the season overweight. Uh, and then they essentially replaced him. He was the wide back on the team. And they got Christian McCaffrey. They don't need him to play wide back anymore. They need him to play wide receiver. He is not the focal point of this offense or this team anymore. And yet he acts like he is. He doesn't practice in the offseason, even though McCaffrey does. Ayuk does. Ayuk and McCaffrey practice every single time. They're in, they're in midseason form all year. Debo isn't. Debo gets out of shape, gets into shape, gets out of shape, gets into shape, doesn't practice. I don't know who he thinks he is. He's a guy who had one great year. And so when he blows up on this guy on the radio, it's like, as an isolated incident, it's kind of funny and silly. But it's like, no, that's just Debo Samuel. That's Debo being Debo. Now, when you say he doesn't practice, you mean doesn't practice with the team? Yeah, like in mini in mini camp, he showed yeah. up, didn't practice, and OTAs didn't practice. Like, like he's one of the elite elite, and he doesn't need to be out there. But McCaffrey is. Yeah, um, his attitude, Iggy, is very bad. And I, I'm going to say another thing. Yeah, it's been bad in in the teams that I covered. Uh, I mean, I covered a lot of them, but early on with Bill Walsh and George Seifert, 
they would not have accepted behavior like that. No. You have a standard. You're the 49ers. You have a standard. You don't act like a punk. You don't act like no. a baby and hang up because uh, you got I your wouldn't. knickers in a twist. McCaffrey wouldn't. Kittle wouldn't. No. Juszczyk wouldn't. Warner wouldn't. Kyle wouldn't. I mean, no one else on the team would do that. It's a bad look. I have something else to say. And this is a more general uh, observation. When I was a young man, um, I would often be critical of, the, of players and teams I covered. Um, some of them weren't good. And I'm a New Yorker and I'm, I'm feisty. No one ever questioned whether I had the right to criticize them. They may have questioned my criticism. Lowell, uh, you're, a, you're an asshole. I, you know, I, whatever. But no one ever questioned that I had that it was my job as a colonist to be critical at certain times. Right. I think there are certain players on this 49er team. Armstead would be prime right. who actually questions the job. Right. I think uh, he thinks you're sort of a low life. I think he's actually oh, said no, something no, like he that. He said so. Yeah, he said so. Yeah. He, and he, I he won't answer my questions either. He, he blocks yeah. me on Twitter. They're very similar. So the, yeah. two, the two yeah. of them, they, yeah. they think you're a lowlife, not because you've done anything. You've never been arrested. I mean, you, you're a good guy, but because you criticize them. No, they, and they, 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 media, media are like parasitic by nature. I think that's how they feel. Yeah. yeah. And, and so don't uh, do they, interviews then. Don't talk to us. Yeah. Don't talk to us. Leave yeah. Well, uh, what's more, uh, my attitude is I don't need you. If yeah. if jo if Joe Montana was angry at me that week and didn't want to talk to me, I could still write about Joe Montana. And if I needed comments, I could get from other people. So the point is, they question the whole job of journalism. Right. They question journalism because right. they feel that they're actually above criticism. Right. They're they're different kinds of human beings than the rest of us. Iggy, and they're so difficult. I, they're so difficult with interviews that they're really only interesting when they don't answer questions. I agree. And Kaepernick was uh, was yeah. the forerunner like, of go that. Ahead. Don't answer my question. It'll be the best part of the interview. Let's That's right. The words you use, all that stuff. Like all that stuff. So th this attitude that they, that they feel that journalism has no place. We are, in fact, the intermediaries between the readers and the fans and, and these people and that we're. Uh, inherently systemically corrupt. Wow. Because, because you're not allowed to criticize Debo or this Armstead guy. But I, I, I find it like, ludicrous. Debo is one of the highest paid players in the team. He should be a leader. There's ways you act if you're a leader and he doesn't do it. Ayuk does it. Ayuk's the leader of the wide receiver room, not Debo. McCaffrey's the leader of the offense. K Kittle's the leader of the offense, not Debo. And what's interesting is two years ago, he was carrying the offense. He was the most valuable player on the team. Now, you could argue they don't need him anymore. As soon as they got Christian McCaffrey, between McCaffrey, uh, Kittle, and Ayuk, they're good. What the hell does Debo do that those guys don't do? And he makes the most money, and he's hurt a lot, and he's not always in shape. He went from being essential to being superfluous, and now they got to figure out a way to use him. Like If he has another year this year like he had last year, they're trading him. That's where he's at. So it's a big year for him. Iggy, the way he acted, you know, usually I feel pretty um, neutral about mm -hmm. players. I would have to say I'm not in his corner anymore, the way he acted. I'm a journalist, and the way he treated that guy was terrible. Iggy, I want to say one other thing about leadership. I've told you this story, but it, it resonates with me. When poor Dwight Clark died, they had, um, you know, a service at, at that big um, 
temple, I was going to say, church in the city. And then we went across the street to the Fairmount. And there was a whole big room and a lot of very famous people were there. And Steve Young was there and Terrell Owens. And Terrell, he's always, you know, he's always battling with some problem or another. And I think at that time, it was whether or not to to go to the Hall of Fame to receive his, that. Well, I was standing there and he and Steve were talking to each other. He went to Steve, and I think they were talking about that. Iggy, I told you, Steve put his hands on Terrell's shoulders. He pulled them close, and he was looking right in his eyes, maybe six inches away, and he was lecturing him. And Terrell was wanted it. And I told you, and you said, he's always a quarterback. He was yeah. a quarterback in that room showing leadership. Can you yeah. see Debo doing that? No. 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 Steve no. Young is still the quarterback to the players he played with. Look, Debo, he wouldn't have even listened to Steve Young. I'm going to try to be generous to Debo because we just really were hard on Debo for about 12 minutes. Debo a month ago came out and really was critical of himself at that interview, um, which was really interesting. A lot of players wouldn't do that. He was right. I was terrible last year. and He went into it. I don't think he's a bad guy. I think he's immature. Although having that level of honesty about yourself is kind of mature. But when he when he requested a trade in freaking March last year, like a lot of people had his back, but like that was immature. Come on, have some patience. It's going to work out. And then this like hanging up on an interviewer, there are eight different ways you can handle that that are more mature than hanging up because it only makes you look childish. So with Debo, I just feel like he's a little immature, but maybe I was when I was 26 too. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh uh, yeah, you were also weren't yeah. as famous or, or rich as, as he is. No, and but you I've, didn't have but I'm, hold, no. hold on. And you also didn't have all the PR staff behind you to tell you how to act and all of that. He's got That's a lot of benefits. Yeah. You like you could have you could have said, look, we're gonna do the interview, but don't ask me about uh the Philly game. Like you didn't they see that coming. It. They do that. Pl players do that all the time. Coaches do that all yep. the time. We'll do this interview, but what questions are you gonna ask? Or don't ask about this. And if you yeah. do, we won't do the interview. Well, how did That's you not right. do that? And, yeah, right. So I got to say, Iggy, it's not only the hanging up. It was his lazy attitude. Unprepared. Unprepared, uh, sloppy, intellectually dishonest. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm harder on him than you are. Uh, and it's nice. You're a nicer Fair. person than I am. No, I, I just do remember him doing that a month ago. I appreciated it. And I remember thinking, this isn't a guy – who necessarily hates the media because he's look what he's doing for us right now. He's giving us this great moment of introspection. It's just maybe a guy who has some growing up to do some growing up to do. Mm -hmm. I don't know. If I was writing a column about him, I'd shove it up his ass. I think he just did. Okay. Well, good. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. So we, I was thinking about this. So Debo Samuel, he's, he's in the news. He's making it about him. It used to be all about him until they traded for Christian McCaffrey. Then it became all about Christian McCaffrey. There was a stretch last year. You may not even remember it, but Debo Samuel hurt his knee toward the end of the season. Missed like three or four games in a row. Do you remember that? Yeah, no, sort of. you do? Sort of. Sort it's kind of hard to remember because the offense didn't change. Uh, they kept scoring lots of points. It's like it, it didn't matter. He came back. They were still good. Um, I just think it's interesting that all of a sudden, this Niners offense that's so talented and whatever is all about Christian McCaffrey now. Without him last year, people forget they were scoring 19 points per game with all those guys, Debo, Kittle, Ayuk. Um, he came, McCaffrey, and everything opened up. So 
they're in a position where their highly their high powered offense kind of all depends on the health and durability of a 200 pound running back that they're going to use too much. You hope they don't use them too much, but they probably will. Yeah, it's what they do. Because, yeah. you know, they have a tough time keeping quarterbacks healthy. Same with running backs. So, Iggy, your point is that used to be Debo was the center, but now that center didn't hold. That's Yates, by the way. That center and, didn't and hold. That's, yeah, that's Yates. And, and, and now it's McCaffrey. The way I look at it is the catalyst of this offense is never the quarterback. It's the running back. And that's the yeah. way the Shanahan's are. It's kind of their the flaw of their whole system because it's they're a running back based system. When they had Terrell Davis, they won the Super Bowl. Christian McCaffrey's great, um, so he's the catalyst now. And when it was Debo two years ago, he was the catalyst. It's not Debo anymore. He's not as good of a running back as Christian McCaffrey. So no. they need Debo to like go play wide receiver, and he's not even as good of a wide receiver as Brandon Ayuk. So now all of a sudden you got this guy making twenty five million dollars a year, and you don't even know what the role is for him. I love it. But let, let's come back to McCaffrey, McCaffrey for a minute. Yeah. Iggy, there are certain players that, that I think about that are a pleasure to watch. Um, Russell Wilson, when he was younger, I used to love to watch him play because I knew when the play ended, the play didn't end. That he yeah. was so creative and a winner. I feel that way about McCaffrey. I, every time he gets the ball, it's electric because he's so clever at avoiding contact, avoiding tackles, and he's a, a terrific wide receiver. I have the same feeling of joy watching him that I used to have with Russell. Sure. Do you? What, do you? I, I do. Let me explain what I like about Christian McCaffrey, and I, I'm going to contrast him to Debo because Debo has the same – uh, ability like when he gets the ball in his hands he can break four tackles in one play he's a lot of fun i was sitting next to tom rathman one time and whenever debo got the ball tom rathman was like oh my god he's hercules out there like that's tom freaking rathman saying that so debo has that effect it's cool debo has that effect uh on the greatest in the game to make them drop your their jaw same with mccaffrey but with mccaffrey he has that jerry rice level <clears throat> professionalism he's always in mid-season shape he's in every freaking drill he doesn't take any time off like He's ready to go, and Ayuk's like that, and I respect athletes like that because there's a lot of gifted athletes. There's very few gifted athletes who also have that mindset. Rice has it, had it, still has it. McCaffrey still has, has it. it. Ayuk has it. Debo doesn't, and it kind of bugs me. If he did have it, he'd be a Hall of Famer, but that's not necessarily who he's been so far. But we're not talking I about agree. him. McCaffrey has it, and I really admire watching that dude do a practice in mid-May. Like it's freaking November. It's cool to watch. And what? Here's the other thing: you admire it, watching it. So do the players. That's leadership. It's not. It's not like they're not looking, no. Iggy. It's leadership. It's leadership on the field. It's it's this guy who says, I have a level of achievement and a level of practice, and I'm showing it and demonstrating my character to you. Can you live up to this? As Debo opposed won't. to Debo, as opposed to Debo, you know, I'm not going to practice today. I'm not in the mood. I, I, I have a, my toenail hurts. Yeah, I've proven enough already. I, I, I'm a great player. I don't need to go out and set the tone in a practice in May. Ayuk does. McCaffrey does. Set the standard, not the standard. tone. The standard. Thank you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's the word. It's the standard. And yep. CMC has the standard. And apparently, this other guy who hung up, <laughs> he hung up on the standard. 
Yeah, watching McCaffrey practice and just do his job on a day-to-day basis, it's like, I mean, I don't know if he'll make the Hall of Fame, but it's like I'm watching a Hall of Famer. That's what a Hall of Famer does. That's how a Hall of Famer carries himself. Um, And so if the Niners can keep him healthy, they have a Hall of Famer type at running back, and when the Shanahan's have one of those, they have a shot. You know, they have a shot. But I don't know if they can keep this guy healthy. That's going to be kind of the story this year. We're all talking about the quarterback. Can they keep Christian McCaffrey healthy? Because without him last year, they scored 19 points. 19! Not even 20! That's crazy. And after they got him, what they score? Like 30-plus. 30-plus. He's that important. He's that important. And Iggy, now hold on a minute. We're in no hurry. Um, I'm not in a hurry. Can you imagine McCaffrey hanging up the phone? No. It would never happen. Neither would Ayuk. Neither would Kittle. Neither would Trent Williams. Neither would Fred Warner. Neither would Nick Bosa. No one would do that. It's not a good look. It just makes you look like you lost your cool and the other person got under your skin. Laugh it off. Or say like, you know, I don't want to talk about it now. We'll, we'll let our play do the talking when we play him. Less this year. There's so many things you could say other than I'm out. You agreed to the interview. You didn't have to do it. Or another thing about Debo we didn't talk about, like he never talks to the local media. If you did an interview with like Cam or Matt or Matt or Jen or Eric or Nick or me, like I probably wouldn't have got that question. But you wanted the national attention, didn't you? Well, those are the questions you're going to get. You're gonna get. You're not gonna get the like. So, would you do this off season? Hey, like, how, <laughs> how, you know, how's the wide receiver well, yeah. room looking? Like, no, you'll get that from NBC Sports Bay Area. You went to CBS. What do you think they're gonna ask you, dog? And you could tell them not to ask you it too. I, you just didn't think it through, Debo. But we're not talking about him right now. We're talking about Christian McCaffrey. I want to also say, and and this is uh, chauvinistic on my part. I I sort of like Stanford athletes. Mm-hmm. I mean, Stanford football players. I have known. Jim Plunkett, mm-hmm. John Elway, John Lynch, John Lynch, John Lynch, Luck, yeah, CM, CMC. C- These are, I'm sorry, sorry, I just said CMC, CMC. These are are not only bright, interesting people; they really have a work ethic. They understand what it takes, and in the case of Luck, he understood he didn't have it anymore, and he walked away. Boy, yeah. do I admire that. Yeah. This was a hell of a quarterback. So I'm very partial to, you know, I was not an undergraduate at Stanford. I, I, I went to Lafayette College, but I spent six years at Stanford, you know, doing my degrees. And I also taught freshman English there for years. So um, I have a, a, a very, a, it was a big, important part of my life. And I'm very proud of Stanford athletes. And I'm proud of Christian McCaffrey. Uh, as the latest example of what of what Stanford produces. You know, it's funny because I'm the same way with UCLA athletes. Neither of us are really big into college sports. Like, you don't watch Stanford no. football and root. I don't really watch UCLA no. football and root. But when there's a UCLA football player on the Niners, I always go up to him and be like, hey, I went to UCLA. Like, what, what dorm are you in? <laughs> and there's one guy on the team right now. His name is Quantrez Knight. He's on the practice squad. And we, like, always say hello to each other. In the When he sees me, he goes, and I'm like, and you give each other a little fist bump. <laughs> really cool guy. Just because he went to UCLA. And with a funny thing, right. I don't know if I've told you this before. He played for Chip Kelly at UCLA. He's been on the team for a couple of years. So I went to him in the locker room last year. And I was like, I call, we, I call him Q. His name is Quantrez. I call him Q. That's what people call him. His friends call him Q. So I said, Q, do you know who the coach of this team, the 49ers, was before Kyle Shanahan? And he looked at me and he goes, no, no idea. I said, Chip Kelly. 
It's like, get the hell out of here. He had no idea. Isn't that funny? Oh, wow. Well, you know what? I think um, c- players have no interest in history, even if, if it's two years before. It's amazing. It's All they think amazing. about is the present moment. Of course. Like, he probably grew up in Florida or something. You know, he heard of Chip Kelly when he went to school with them and had no idea what the hell Chip Kelly was doing before then. He was coaching Iggy. the 49ers. Iggy, he may not have heard of Bill Walsh. I'm sure he hasn't. I'm sure he hasn't. I know it's crazy, right? right. Getting old. Yeah. Will, Willard Culver says, Grant, don't take a week off again. My week was too boring. All right, I won't. I'm done for the year. I'm back. I'm back. Kid Got Game 45 says, planning on going to my first NFL game this year to see the Niners. Probably going to be the Washington game. Any recommendations for where to sit? Where to sit? Yeah, the press box for free. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't Not in the games. sun. Not in yeah. the sun. Not yeah. on the east side. No, no, no. I, I think that's going to be on the road. Um, am I wrong? Oh. I don't know. Ivan says, need more players like 80 and less like 19. Yeah. I just always thought Jerry Rice was the standard. I don't understand people not practicing. Like, if Jerry would, why wouldn't you? Don't you want to be the greatest of all time? Don't you want to be the greatest of all time? McCaffrey does, it seems. I don't know. Timothy Glander says, Niners interview uh, like the coach does. Blame him. Okay. Absolutely not. Uh, hold on. Yeah. Absolute. First of all, Kyle Shanahan never would have hung up the phone. No, absolutely not. Never would have hung up the phone. Plus, Debo Samuel is a grown-up. He has an agent. He has people who advise him. He's responsible for his own actions. He's a father. I mean, he's, a, he's he should be mature. Mui says, uh, Mui says, it just makes it seem like you can't hang. A young person's recourse, it's not that you won't deal with it. It's that you can't. A young person's recourse. Yeah, just like, I'm going home. I got, you know. Pick, t- taking my stuff and going home. Yeah. It feels like there are stronger plays, stronger moves. Sleepy one, 14, 14 says Debo gave up an up close, gave us an up close and personal look at his attitude and behavior during the contract. Props to Lynch and those involved dealing with him. I yeah. agree. Yeah, it must have been tough. Austin Rodriguez says going back to Debo from a non-media standpoint, what he did was fine. The reporter asked him the two most repetitive questions they've been answering every day, and he got fed up. He got his bread. Get out. I totally disagree with this comment. Uh, Anoop says 2023-2024 Niners are Super Bowl win or bust. Debo, Eric, Trent, Juice, Kittle, Kyle, and John could all be out if we don't win. Heat is on. QC, bring it. Um, Did he mention uh, any quarterbacks in there in that list? They don't need quarterbacks. They have a room, a room full of them overflowing with quarterbacks. Last Second yeah. Sports says this was a sponsor interview, meaning they didn't request Debo. The sponsor requested them. Give the Marshawn answer over hanging up. This was a sponsor interview, meaning they didn't request Debo. The sponsor requested them. I don't know what that means. I know what that means because I know I had done a million of these. They call you up and they say, we're going to give you Debo. Yeah, We'd like you to pl- – uh, the, the quid pro quo is you, you plug his deal and yeah. he'll answer questions. That's how it yeah. works. Yeah, I've done them before. I don't understand. Okay, moving on. Uh, Aggie, I want to say one other thing. Please do. Uh, w- um, we 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 got off on a little um, sidetrack about um, McCaffrey. I think we need to emphasize the point. He is so important to the team that Kyle Shanahan used, needs to use him judiciously. Thank you. He can't. Yes. He cannot get this guy hurt. So the issue of CMC is Kyle Shanahan. Agree. Right. Okay. To me, because McCaffrey is the offense. Like Debo, yeah. you don't know what you're going to get from him. Ayuk's great, but they don't really have the quarterback to get him the ball where he wins down the field. Right. Kittle's 
great, but not every game. I mean, he's getting older and he kind of like has to conserve himself and do it like once a month. It's McCaffrey. As soon as they got him on the team, they were giving him the, they couldn't stop giving him the ball. Um, and it worked, but how, you know, how much longer can they do that? Like, it's kind of scary to think that your whole offense depends on a 200 pound running back. A little scary. And, and that means that the coach has to be very shrewd. He has to know what he's doing. If you have a big lead in the fourth quarter, take him out. Thank you. Take him out. Yeah. Right. And there has to be another back who's right. going to get maybe 35 or 40% of the carries. Don't you okay. think Iggy? Absolutely, because with McCaffrey, I mean, not in the playoffs. In, in the playoffs, you want McCaffrey taking it all. But you yeah. need to get him there in one piece, at full strength, and it's 17 games. So the Niners have Elijah Mitchell on the team still. They have Jordan Mason last year who averaged six yards a carry but didn't play that much. Freaking use him. And you have Debo still, too. He can give you a couple carries. If he doesn't hang up the phone. Ooh. I'd set you up. With hey, Iggy, okay. I, am I down on him today? Yeah. I, I haven't been this offended by uh, a player's um, behavior in a long time. And the thing about it is, it, it's not that I'm intellectually offended. I can feel burning in my chest. That's how love, angry it makes I me. I love how um, fiercely defensive, you, not defend, how, how fiercely you defend journalists and journalism. Like, oh, yeah. that's the new standard for an interview where a player can just go on and do that, uh, an interview that he agreed to. No, 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 no. That's not it. And we're not going to we're not going to applaud that either. And that's the thing. Like, I'm sure a few 49er fans will say, you know, Debo is cool. Screw that interviewer. Go Debo. Yeah, I'm sure there's a, there's probably like 5000 people in the world who feel that way. Everyone else who saw that clip is like, what's that guy mad about? Boy, that yeah. guy just made himself look like a freaking clown. What's that about? So whatever. Iggy, you have 5000 people you. cheering you on. That's it. Iggy, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is a lot more famous than Debo Samuel. And. In his sport, Debo will never achieve uh, the level. When he was with the Lakers, they used to stay at a hotel near the Coliseum Arena. And I arranged with their PR people that before a night game, I could go to Kareem's room and interview him. Now, Kareem has a reputation about being very difficult, but um, he's also very bright. Mm -hmm. So he invited me to his room. This could never happen. UCLA, New York, New York, New Yorker, and New Yorker, and, and a he Bruin. Could, Sorry, and a Bruin, and he could see that I was a New Yorker, that I had done my homework, I had read a whole book we talked about. Iggy, he tried so hard. Um, in that he was so large, he had to lie on the bed. There was nowhere that he could really sit. Right. We must have talked for an hour until they called and said the bus is leaving. And then he had such a good time. He said, "When well, I meet him at the arena and continue. The point is, this wasn't Joe Schmatz. This right. was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar working right. his tish off for some guy he didn't even know. Right. Compare that to what Debo did. Right. And again, if Debo felt like, man, this is low-hanging fruit questions. This is the, the lowest common denominator stuff. Ask me something better. Work that out beforehand. Like, this isn't your first interview. Is it your first interview? You're Debo Sam. You're like 26 years old. You've made like $50 million. You should know how to handle the media like Ayuk does. Freaking Trent Williams does, but you don't. You couldn't even tell him beforehand. Like, don't ask me this. It's awkward. I don't want to go there. You could have. And Iggy. And Iggy, he knew that the what he said after the Philly game was no good. And he couldn't defend it. He had a bad conscience about it. That's right. So you said it. He had stand a, on you it. said it. You said, you said it. it. Or, he, or you could have said, you know, I said it in the heat of the moment. There you go. 
I hear said in the heat. Yeah. Hey, that, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. That makes you feel like you're wow, this guy, you know, he's so mature. Thought yeah. about it, changed his mind. What a, I love I, this guy. Hangs yeah. up, was like, Well, thank you very much. You think that guy's upset that Debo hung up on him? He has the most if Debo hadn't hung up, no one would have listened to that interview. <laughs> You know what I mean? Right. It would have been another, another boring bit. athlete interview where the athlete says nothing. He hangs yeah. up. Now we all listen to it and we talk <laughs> yeah. about it. And now we know who that guy is. I've never heard of that guy. Now I do. Yeah. I know. So good job. And I think it, and I think that guy handled himself. Zach Gelb. Yeah, he didn't lose his sense of humor. No, he was he great. Off. Yeah. Thanks, Debo. Yeah. Uh, Grant, Jerry is great. Debo is good. CMC is great. Jordan, great. Kobe, great. No one outworks the greats. If you want to be one of the greats, that's how you act. And it, like the fact that Debo doesn't do it makes me feel like he doesn't necessarily want to be one of the greats. He's good being what he is. Mr. Blue Magic 23 says, just because someone doesn't handle themselves the way that we would doesn't make them wrong. They're humans at the end of the day. They're wrong. I said he's wrong. He's a human being who was wrong. You're allowed. It's not a relative universe. You're allowed to have opinions and you're allowed to say someone acted like a schmuck and he acted like a schmuck. I'd have to say he acted like a schmuck. He could always yeah. repent. Later and say he was yep. wrong. Cisco kid, thank you very much. Cisco kid again. Do you think there's a chance Niners will you a two will use a two quarterback system? They tried with Jimmy and Trey before he hurt his thumb. It's true they did try with Jimmy and Trey. It's possible. I think Kyle Shanahan feel. I think his ego would allow him to do anything. Anything's a good idea if it pops in his head. So maybe we'll see. Mister Blue Magic twenty three says we asked them to stop talking about the NFC title game. Now we want them to. He tried to get around the question most than once. Okay, I'll say it again. He acted like a schmuck. Let's move on. All right, he acted like a schmuck. Um, maybe the question wasn't supposed to be asked, and he still did. We're on the outside looking uh, in. Why are all these people defending him? I'll tell you why they're, they're defending fans. him. Because they're not Because they're fans. fans. They're fans. So if whatever happens. If were on the Seahawks or the Cardinals or the Rams or right. the Titans, they'd be like, look at this guy. What a schmuck, what right? A schmuck. But, he's, he, yeah. but he's a 49er. So, oh, let's find a reason to defend him. Right. You know what? I, I'm it, bored. And the same thing happened last defense. year during during the, the contract stuff. It's like, okay, like he's acting really immature and he I just requested a trade and he's sitting out. Uh, but no, he, this is how athletes act these days. Like, no, it's not. It's how Debo acts. Not, right. Nick Bosa's going through the same thing right now. Have you heard anything from, has Nick Bosa requested a trade? No, he's just shutting the fuck up. That's what he's doing. <laughs> That's his you strategy know? this offseason. I'm going to shut the fuck up. <laughs> It's working uh, it, really well. It's amazing how shutting the fuck up works sometimes. And shows how grown up you are. Uh, again, I've never met Bosa, but I bet if if I were covering the team, he's probably the number one guy I'd like to meet. I bet he's fascinating. Of course. He is he is another there's very few guys on the team that are actually independent uh with independent people who have independent perspectives. Jimmy uh, Ward was one. Bosa is one. Bosa is one. He's basically not on the team. He like there are people who are full time employees of the 49ers. He is not a full time employee. It doesn't matter how much money they give him. He is an independent contractor. He doesn't live out here. He doesn't come to the. Uh, he doesn't practice in the off season. He lives in Florida, and whatever. So like the Niners are cool to be in business with him, but he's essentially not a 49er. He's like an honorary 49er. For now, I love it. I love yeah. it. But he plays his ass off for the he plays 49ers. His ass off. You want him on, you know. In the building, but that's all. Yeah. Really is. <laughs> so so okay. Well, so what's cool about that is a game ends, they lose, which doesn't happen very often. But if they do lose, who's going to tell it like it is? Bosa. 
the coach will come in. Oh, you know, it's not like we, we, their effort wasn't better than us. They didn't, we didn't get out game planned. It was just execution. Folks would be like, no, it wasn't just execution. They, they played harder than us and we weren't prepared for this. We weren't prepared. Thank you, Nicholas. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate it. Very few players. Joe, will Joe Staley. He's Joe Staley. Yeah, you have to be great. You have to know that the team essentially needs you. And like Nick knows he's so good that he's like, I don't even have to live out here. Like, I don't even have to come to minicamp. You, you will take me however I, you can get me, right? <laughs> I'm the defensive right. player of the year. I like that. Anyway, moving on. So it occurred to me, we criticize Kyle Shanahan a lot. What he's not quite good enough at, what, his limitations. Um, I was thinking about what he does well. We always talk about his game planning and or his play calling or whatever. But I think they're the his number one attribute, his number one strength that's undeniable is his ability to make money for himself and the people around him. People that people that work for him, but people that are just in his orbit. Everyone profits from Robert Sala to all the Mike McDaniel and D'Amico Ryans, all those guys who've gotten generational wealth because they coach with him to players like Debo and Kittle to journalists like freaking me who has made a, a, a name for myself and enough money to buy a house talking about that guy the last six years. It's remarkable. I don't think there are that many coaches who generate that much interest like Kyle does. Also, Jimmy, he got Jimmy a lot of money. He got Jimmy a ton of money. Yeah. Jimmy so, Kittle, uh, use check, yeah. Debo. Yeah, use check. Use check who's is use check is sort of half of a football player. Right. He, yeah. he does football things. Yeah. He 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 puts up, he puts on the pads. He yeah. gets on the field. And, he goes in motion. You yeah. Know, he he will block a guy. He will. Yeah. Sometimes he'll go out there and block a guy. He's very he, good. He touch the football. He's very good at the few things he does, and he got Kyle got him a lot of money. So what? yes, a lot of money. So look, we're really we're not being ironic. We're praising Kyle now. He is a money making industry, and he's generous. Yes, he you know Iggy again. I don't know him. He may have a generous soul. There are people who do, and he may have a generous soul. I think he he seems he seems to be happy that that uh, all of these people you know Sala. That yeah. they're making money. I think me and him have a lot in common in this sense. Like we both are aware that we have like this nepotistic advantage that got us in the door. And I think we both bend over backwards to pay that forward and help people out that didn't have it. Like how many coaches has he created a, an entire life and career for that didn't have that advantage? Robert Sala, Mike McDaniel. Yeah. I mean, Amico Ryan's played, but like Robert, who the hell is Robert Sala? You know? And now obviously he's a head coach of the Jets because Kyle Shanahan was like, no, you're you're the truth. I, you were really good and I know it. And I feel like yeah. I do that sometimes too. Like I, I always bring on new people on my show that aren't necessarily trying to make it in journalism and all of a sudden they have 10,000 subscribers on their own YouTube channel. And I feel like I helped. And I feel like I saw it. So I'm, you know, this this kid from that restaurant I told you about, Connor. He's he didn't email me. He didn't. Connor, no. if you're watching, would you email him again? I'm what trying here. email hear. address? Is it Connor? Yeah. At Gmail? I don't know. I, I don't know. know what it is. I went over there the other night, but he wasn't there. I want to. I want to work this out. But anyway, so Iggy, do you feel that you benefited a little from nepotism with me? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yes. Being able to say, I mean, I, I already, I did have those uh, clips from NBC Sports Bay Area. Didn't help there. Remember that lady who gave me the opportunity? Oh, she oh, was not a big oh. fan of you. But having those clips and then having an opening happen at the PD, like, yeah, they were going to look at me first. 
they knew you. They knew that I was working. I got the first shot at it. And it wasn't a lucrative opportunity, but there's a credential involved. I was 24 years old. Um, otherwise, I don't know if I would have gotten that. And everything I've gotten since then has been on my own. But And same for, for Kyle, right? Like he got a, a quality control job very young, and he impressed the hell out of everyone he's ever worked for. And that's why he's where he is. Well, uh, so look, I want to praise him. I yeah. want to say, God, God love you, Kyle. Uh, you're a generous person, a generous soul. Um, there are others in your position that I know who wouldn't be that way, who wouldn't want them to leave, who, who wouldn't even give them a good recommendation because you'd want to keep them. Look, let's face it. I think Al Davis loused up a lot of his coaches because he wanted to keep them. When yeah. they, listen, I know one coach on the Raiders told me they used to have practices with the Niners in training camp. And Al would tell the coaches, I don't want you talking to the Niners coaches. And the reason I think right. was he didn't want them to ask no. how much money they were making and to uh, petition for a job. So Kyle or to say, Hey, this he, running back coach is making this. Why can't I, I'm a running back coach. Why can't I make that? I should be making what he's making. Exactly. So Al is is gone. So I can say these things. Sorry, he Al. was the exact opposite of Kyle Shanahan, which is makes it all the more praiseworthy what Kyle is doing, because that's an example of a putz who wouldn't do it. And like Kyle makes himself sort of controversial, which makes him even more interesting. Like he hasn't he's not all the commentary on him isn't all good. It's it's controversial. And I criticize him a lot. And he, he gets it. Like, sometimes I piss him off when I ask him a question after a game that's critical of him. He gets the red ass, and I respect it. But essentially, most of the time, when I walk in the room and he walks in, he looks at me and gives me a smile like, this is fun. This is fun. Like Harbor. Yes. And it's like, it wasn't like that immediately with Kyle, but we've been doing, we, I've been covering him for now. This is the seventh year. And he knows my style. He knows I'm going to go after him. He knows I'll go up to a point, and he has fun with it. Uh, so I have to respect that. And he's like allowing me essentially to get rich at his expense, which is quite generous of him. So thank you, Kyle. Iggy, all in all, do you enjoy covering him? Yes, immensely. I don't like I talk about like, oh, they should trade Kyle. They should fire Kyle. Like, I don't want him to go anywhere because <laughs> I really enjoy covering him. It's fun. He's cool. It's lucrative. And they could bring in someone who's really boring and a jerk. And it could be bad. Chip Kelly. Exactly. He's so much better than Chip. I really do like covering Kyle Shanahan. I just have to, you know, give him a hard time for not winning the Super Bowl yet. But he might. I do like covering him very much. I'd be sad if he yeah. didn't win. Don't go, Kyle. Don't go, Kyle. <laughs> you know, when I covered um, Seifert and Walsh, I loved covering them. I also, in a way, I didn't root for them, but I felt it was a privilege. Yes. They were at the top yes. of their profession. They See, were at I don't the top. Feel that. I, I feel like it's a privilege to cover Kyle, but like he's not a champion yet. And that's my one thing yeah. with this team from Debo to Kyle to Kittle. They all carry themselves like they expect that type of reverence and uh, genuflection and respect. And it's like, not yet. Not yet. I'm not uh, bending the knee yet. Uh, uh, I'm not uh, bending uh, the uh. knee yet. One day, one day I might, but not for, for now. We're, we're standing eye to eye. We're on equal footing. I also have not won a Super Bowl. We have that in common. <laughs> okay, last topic. Let's talk, we never talk about the Niners defense anymore. It's the it's the strength of the team. We're constantly talking about an offense that is inconsistent at best. The Niners defense was the best defense in the league last year and it's different now. 
there are differences. Could be better. It could be worse. They lost about five starters. They brought in Javon Hargrave. And I think one important difference with this team is that the pass rush this year should be way better than last year. It's pretty fundamental. But last year, I mean, especially down the stretch, it was just Bosa. It was the whole thing. And it was a great defense, but on third down, they weren't great. In the red zone, they weren't great. Bosa got tired down the stretch, and they didn't have a pass rush anymore. Now with Hargrave and him, they should have, once again, one of the best pass rushes in the league. And maybe that's going to be enough for them to win the Super Bowl this year. I don't know. They would also be helpful if Eric Armstead could have more than zero sacks this year, which is what he had last year. So those things, Eric Armstead having more than zero sacks and Javon Hargrave being on the team this year, I think that's – we never talk about anything but the quarterback thing, but I think this is more important than whichever quarterback they decide to start. This guy, Hargrave, he's great. Tell us about him. He was with the Steelers at first. He was one of these like mid-round picks – kind of went to a small school, kind of short, um, became really good. He's, he, I saw him in person. He's got the biggest legs I've ever seen, the biggest thighs I've ever seen. He's very low to the ground. He's one of these guys that gets underneath the pads of the uh, offensive lineman. He's really low. He's really strong. He's really quick. He has a bunch of moves. He's really impossible to block on pass plays. So the pass rush is going to be a lot better. He's replacing Javon Kinlaw, who doesn't have any of those qualities. Like Javon Kinlaw has high pad level. This guy is like the lowest pad level on the team. Only thing with him is that he's small and he's a pass rusher and you can kind of move him around in the run game. But I don't think that really matters as much. I mean, teams, you win and lose based on how you pass mostly in the NFL these days. So I think this guy's going to make their team a lot better. So Iggy, um, what you're saying is he's passed Kinlaw on the depth chart. Oh, okay. Hold on. What I want to say is um, I don't think the team has given up on Kinlaw yet. No, I, I haven't. And maybe, uh, playing behind Hargrave will will give um, Kinlaw a chance to heal and yes. to stay healthy. So maybe this is in in Kinlaw's interest as well. I would agree. I asked the D line coach about Kinlaw about a month ago, and he said this is the healthiest he's been since he's been on the team. Great, great first full off season he's had. So he has an opportunity. Also, he could be behind Hargrave. He could be behind Armstead. Armstead has missed a ton of time last year. He's thirty. The, the injury he had was plantar fascia, which, you know, can be something that comes back. So Kinlaw could have an absolute uh, another opportunity this year next to Hargrave. Yeah, now, I wanted to come back uh, to Armstead a minute. Um, could you clarify how many sacks did he have last season? It was zero, which is less than you would prefer when you're paying a guy $24 million a year. But it, it, to his credit, he did have, what, uh, two sacks in the playoffs. The thing with Armstead is, like, he can be the best player on the field. It just seems like it's more and more infrequent as he gets older. I see. I, I see. don't know. It almost feels like he paces himself, which I guess is I fair. See. But, the, you know. Now, but in, in, the position he, in the position he plays, is it more important to get sacks or to be a run defender? Mm. To me, I think sacks are more important. But what do I know? Is that? Yeah. Is that an old school way of thinking? Yeah, Is I don't it good know. To spend twenty four million dollars a year on run defense. I don't know. That's, oh, that's what they pay him. But Something you know, like he's a, he's a very intelligent man, and he's a spokesman for the team. Yeah. So maybe part of what they, yeah, he's bigger. So maybe part of what they're paying him for, they say, yeah, it's true. You only had zero sacks, which is better than minus one sacks. True. But you, but you're a, a very intelligent. And you're a spokesman for the team. And he had two sacks in the playoffs. He almost had three. 
He almost had a third. Remember that against the the Cowboys? He but had, he, but Jack, he didn't want it. Rights? No, he, he was. I actually thought it was quite charitable of Eric Armstead, who was a very charitable yeah. man. He just let him go. It was like Dak, I could embarrass you and sack you in the in the end zone. But you know what? That would make you. That would hurt your feelings. You have a family. You have a father and mother, and they wouldn't like to see you do that. So well, you know what? I'm going to make you feel better about yourself. I think it was quite nice of him. Yeah, I, you know I, mean? I think over overall, least, you know, look, I don't think it's important that he had z zero sacks. Are you saying? It I don't was, think it's that important because he's got hold humanity. On, let, me, let, me, let me check. Let me check. Let me check. He's got humanity. Let me check one more time. Uh, nine games, zero sacks, but he did have eleven tackles, Dad. He had eleven tackles in nine games, so you can't. Don't forget the eleven tackles he had. Hold on. Is that a is that a lot in nine games? Eleven tackles in nine games. No, I would have to say no. He had 63 tackles the year before. So 11 is yeah. is kind of terrible, but it's better it's better than 10. It's better than 10. Okay, and it's better than 0. It is better than 0, which is the amount of sacks that he had. Okay. Now, I want Iggy to stop cuz here's what I want to say. We're making fun of Armstead now. The reason is I don't like his attitude. I'm not joking around now. He's another one who's above criticism. He's another one. I feel he's a very intelligent guy who is very intelligent. And I, he, he runs a charity uh, for kids up in Sacramento. I, I really admire that. He may be a very nice person. But as far as I've seen, is he's a rather small-minded person in the way especially he deals with the media. So um, you can take those uh, zero sacks, and maybe this year you can get one. I think it's I, I think people forget they look at football players, they're so big, they're so heroic, they're so courageous, um, they're so tough. A lot of them are really immature. They're in their twenties, yeah. they haven't really had to go through much. They've been have had their asses kissed since they were like 12. And then what happens is they retire and they're out, they fade away from the spotlight, and like all that growing up happens in their like 30s. You've That's seen right. it a lot. You, you, you like run into some guy that, that who's like 40 now and you hadn't seen him since he's an athlete and you're like, oh, you were a jerk. And then you talk to him like, wait, who the hell are you? You're great. Happens a lot. Mm -hmm. Happens, Happens all lot. the time. They they and catch yeah. up. And I'll give you an example. Will Clark, when he was with the Giants, he could mm -hmm. be very difficult and he didn't like me at all. And he may have uh, uh, every reason. Now, whenever I see Will, he's grown up, I've grown up. We actually have affection for each other. He's grown into the loveliest, nicest grown-up. When we see each other, we give each other a hug. Yep. Yep. That's really cool. And I feel like I could have that experience. I, I, what I hope is that in 20 years, I'm at some banquet, and I run into Javon Kinlaw, and he's coming off a 10-year career where it all worked out, and we haven't seen each other in 10 years. And we look at each other, and we go, motherfucker <laughs> i haven't seen you in so long remember that shit 20 years ago remember what we went through and we give each other a hug like that that would be nice i've seen athletes and journalists have that those interactions i've seen you have those interactions That's yes what I hope. yeah and iggy i think it could happen with kinlaw and too. and you know what i think armstead is fundamentally a good enough guy i do that that could happen with him i do too. debo too but Debo at 26, too. they're going to freaking hate me. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe and at 46, Iggy, it'll be different. Yeah. Iggy, you saw at that banquet, Jerry Rice came in and put his arm around me. Correct. You were right he there. Like you. He did not like you when you were right No. There. No. But when he came, he put his arm around me, and, and he said, what's going on, guys? And he wanted to hang around with us. That's right. Yeah. Yeah.
Because I mean, ha- all of the animosity is gone. You're not in a position to criticize them anymore. Right. And all of a sudden, it's right. like nostalgia. Remember when we were in the trenches together? Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So you know what, um, Eric? Um, I'm hoping that comes a time, and, and Javon, I'm hoping there comes a time that when you see Grant and you, you're older and you guys are retired, you could say, we went through it together. High yeah. five. High five. Cheers. Um, and Patio 63 says, haven't been in a live in a while, and now Grant has a beard. Yeah, I got to cut it. I hope you both are doing great. Random question. Is in and out overrated? I think so. Well, could I say something? For a burger place on the freeway, it's the best. It's the best. It's the best. But it's the best. But if you want to get a really good burger, There's like in Oakland, yeah. you could go to Pearl up in Montclair Village. You could go to Park Lovelies. Burger on Park Lovelies. Park Burger. The, yeah, they're Sparkies. better. Sparkies. Even Smoke Five Guys. Like, like there, there are chains. Smokehouse. Even Five Guys is better than In-N-Out. But it's just more expensive. Yeah. But for a freeway place, I think uh, In-N-Out is good. It's very cheap, and that double-double animal style is an iconic burger that everyone tries to recreate. Joseph Stockbridge says most imperative the Niners, juice or kicker Moody. Juice doesn't matter. The kicker really matters. He's replacing Robbie Gold, who Gold, who never missed a kick for the Niners in the playoffs. So that's the, that's the bar for Moody. Don't miss any kicks in the playoffs. None. As far as juice or, or the kicker, I'd say the, the comparison is not even close. Not even close. Kicker Not scores close. points, fullback, yeah. goes in motion. Mui says, I think Kyle Shane will go uh, with a two-quarterback system this year. One goes down, the next one comes in. Oh, <laughs> uh, might even... <laughs> that was good. That was very good. Might even do three. Hell, maybe even a four-quarterback system. That was the comment <laughs> of the day right there. That was really good. I loved it. Chad Cree <laughs> says, to be fair, growing up uh, Inman, SC, and attending USC will produce a different person than being the son of an NFL player and attending Stanford. Doesn't excuse his behavior, but just some perspective. Um, I guess he's talking about Devo. True. That is true. It does help McCaffrey and Bosa that their fathers were in the NFL. It's, I guess it's a little bit easier to know what it takes to be a pro. Oh, hold on. Was Ayuk's father in the NFL? No. Okay. Was Jerry Rice's father in the NFL? No. No. Henry Ross, has, has Debo been around true pros long enough to know what it looks like? Yes. Henry Ross says, excited about this season, but concerned that Kyle will muck it up again. Can he change and win a Super Bowl? Can Kyle Shanahan change? I would bet no. on no. no. When was the last he, time he changed? Yeah. But I love muck it up. That sounds so British. It's great. Right? Yeah. I read a lot of English. away from being very rude, but you just change that one letter. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, wow, then muck it very, up. Yeah, you can say that. You can say that in front of children. I, I want to, when I read muck it up, I want to have a cup of tea. <laughs> and a crumpet. Henry Ross says, question for Lowell. Would love to hear your take on journalism today. How many people here have even picked up a newspaper? Oh, I got something to say about that, Henry Ross. He got something to say. I do. Iggy, do we have time? Yeah. Okay. Uh, This is a newspaper uh, question. I wasn't going to bring it up, but do you people know that the New York Times is currently eliminating its sports section? Talk about journalism today. They are so snooty. They are so condescending. They decided they don't need a sports section. So what they did is, Iggy, a couple of years ago, they bought The Athletic, which in the first quarter of this year lost almost $8 million. They bought The Athletic. And that's now a they're, that's a lot to lose. And you remember The Athletic was going to redo 
journalism and, and you wouldn't need newspapers anymore. That's what they said. Yeah. So now they're saying, like, I think I pay two bucks a quarter uh, on my subscription to get the um, athletic. I never read it. I just look at the headlines because yeah. the stories are too long, Iggy. They're very so long. If There's you no want to. <laughs> <laughs> it's no pictures. So if you want to read sports in the New York Times, you 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 can't read it in the paper. You have to go it's online. A feature too. It's like here's ten thousand words on the backup shortstop. It's like okay, yeah. And here's what his high school coach said, and here's what his barber said. It's like okay, oh, I really know about yeah. this guy. It's great. Yeah, yeah, and and so what I want to know is where's the New York Times columnist who's going to talk about the Yankees, who's going to criticize the pitching or the manager. Where's the columnist? I, I, I don't understand it. Or how about this? Um, there's a really good runner at Erasmus Hall High School in Brooklyn. Where's the writer, the local writer? Is the athletic going to send somebody out to Brooklyn? Now, I've been told by a reader that they weren't covering high school sports at all. Well, that's another knock against the New York Times. I have so many problems with the New York Times. I think they have the worst lineup of columnists. I'm not talking about sports columnists. I'm talking about grown-up opinion. opinion. I, I don't know where they got these people from. I've seen it's the worst uh, of any major newspaper in, in America. So, But this thing about now if you want to read sports, go online and read The Athletic. Iggy, that's really weak. That's weaker than what Debo did. I think it's going to be really interesting when all these corporate media entities collapse because they all are. Newspaper. It was first, it was, you know, don't go into newspapers, go into like ESPN or something like that. Okay, well, that's collapsing too. They're all they're all collapsing. And once they're all dead and all these very powerful um, media people figure out they can make much more money on YouTube and they can make working for a corporate media entity. How are they going to figure out who gets credentials? I want to know. Yeah. Because I feel like we're close to that. We're like, you don't have to have this, you know, whatever local newspaper job to get in the building. Like soon they're going to have to figure out a new system because no one's going to have those jobs anymore. What are they going to do? It's going to be interesting. Well, the New York Times isn't going to compete for credentials. <laughs> They've given up on it. Is it going to be pretty soon like this New York Times and all these places are going to be trying to buy up YouTube channels? Is that what's going to happen? Are, am I going to get offers like in two, three years from local places like hey we really like what you're doing can we buy your entire youtube channel no hi thanks no well you you just, could buy it for 10 million dollars but i have total editorial control yeah you could give me money but nothing's gonna change <laughs> right i have yeah. total editorial control yeah i don't know um glass half full guy says do you guys feel a tightness around this team until they win a super bowl where everyone can then relax and breathe no they're extremely satisfied it's the most self-satisfied non-championship team i've ever seen yeah they you won would two in their minds Sorry. Yeah, you would think they were champions. Yeah, yeah, multiple. And that really bugs me. I don't know why. I don't root for this team, but I just don't. It offends me. I'm offended. <laughs> That's the show. Is I'm that the show? My face. So offended. <laughs> Good show, I, I, got, I got things I want to talk to you about. Things. Of a, pers of a personal nature, not sports. Okay. So will you call, will you call me up? Yeah, I'll call you right now. Okay. I love you. I enjoyed this show. I enjoyed it. Thanks, too. everybody, for watching. Thank you. See you guys.